Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. Abby. Jim. Happy 4th of July. Happy 3rd of July. Yes, it is the 3rd of July, and... If John Adams had his way, we would have celebrated yesterday because most people signed the Declaration of Independence on the 2nd of July. So what do you think of that? Well, I do love holidays celebrating the signing of contracts and things, so... Well, this is good. Didn't he die on the 4th of July? He did. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died on the 4th of July. Uh, I think Adams is, what, 20 years older than Jefferson? Adams was in his 90s. He was the oldest ex-president until Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan surpassed him in terms of age outside of office. And they hated each other. They hated each other. Well, Jefferson defeated Adams in the election of... Oh, I know. I've I've, I've seen Hamilton. You've seen Hamilton. Well, that was the election of 1804. And, uh, and yeah, they hated each other, and they campaigned against each other. Uh, I just remember seeing, like, going to, was it the Capitol or the White House in D.C., where there's that giant painting of them, like, um, signing the Constitution or something, and one of them stepping on the other one's foot. Oh, there's one stepping on the other one's yeah, foot? I can't remember what it is, but... Well, they didn't sign the Constitution. Jefferson wasn't there for the Constitutional Convention. Neither was Adams, oh, yeah. I don't he think. Was in, but that's he was in France. Yeah, so that would another, another thing I only know because of Hamilton. Well, Hamilton is a... Well, prior to Hamilton, Schoolhouse Rock was the way to get all that information. Yeah, we've, but we've shouted out. We've shouted out to Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse before. Uh, one of the guys in Schoolhouse Rock died just about two months ago. Oh, R.I.P. So there you go. Not, no, not sure what else to say about that. Not sure what else to say about that. So as we go into the 4th of July, one of the things that we ought to be doing is... Is exploding things for no good reason. Yes. Blowing stuff up is an awful lot of fun. Although I'm seeing all these signs around Sandy. We're in Sandy, Utah, and the signs up say fireworks prohibited. Are we not allowed to do fireworks here? Um, they're greatly restricted because it's been so dry. So And it's going to be windy, too, I think, which like ups the chance of fire starting. Well, we're going to be, at least I am, are you coming? We're going to the Bees game tomorrow night. I don't know. You don't know? You haven't decided yet? I don't like to broadcast my personal life. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you have no idea where we're going to be. It's a big secret. Well, so, but the other thing that could be happening tomorrow is that tomorrow is the day the Civil War starts. Did you hear about this? I, I didn't hear about this. Alex Jones, who's completely insane oh, boy. and is being sued by the parents, rightfully sued, I think, by the parents in the Sandy Hook massacre right. because he had this huge conspiracy that the Sandy Hook massacre was all faked and these were child actors and it was a false flag by the government and all this kind of nonsense. They're finally getting around to suing him for defamation and I hope they win millions upon millions of dollars. But the reality is he has announced that tomorrow is the uh, beginning of the Democrats launching a new civil war. And it's just kind of bizarre to me. Uh, the Internet is responding appropriately. There, there's a hashtag on Twitter called New Civil War Letters, hashtag New Civil War Letters. And people are complaining about the battle of Starbucks and the battle of Chick-fil-A and well, all I'm the... I'm so glad we're giving his garbage ideas another platform. Well, that's... That's exactly what he needs. Well, and that's all I want to say about him. But it's always interesting to me, whenever anything like this happens, how the conspiracy theories all come out of the woodwork. Are you, and you're kind of a fan of conspiracy theories, as I understand. I dabble. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> so g- give me some of your favorites if you're dabbling. Um, well, I'm a big fan of the Illuminati, as most people are. Yeah. You know, like the, the lizard people that rule basically everything. Basically every rapper, you know, is part of Illuminati. And, and that's just common knowledge, though, you know. Um, I don't know what other conspiracy theories are my favorite that relate to politics. Well, they don't necessarily have to relate to politics. You have lots and lots of Bigfoot. Tupac per- is alive. Tupac is alive. In Cuba. You have quite a bit of um, of Bigfoot paraphernalia. That's not a conspiracy. That's just nature, though. That's just how nature is. Speaking of nature, can we just nudge our dog who is snoring very loudly? I don't know if anybody can hear him. Uh, what are we going to do about that guy? Uh, maybe we could put him outside. This is like the fourth podcast where he's interrupted. Well, I think he adds a certain colorful Titus. flavor. Titus. Oh, anyway. Well, okay. So those aren't political conspiracy theories, but how much stock do you put in political conspiracy theories? Things like the JFK assassination? Um, I don't believe, well, I, I, for all the talk that I do about conspiracy theories, I just think they're really interesting and fun. I don't like actually subscribe to them or believe in them at all, but I do just find them really interesting. I, I like to watch and listen to things about them just because it's, it's kind of fun just to think that something wild like that could actually happen in real life, even though the chances of it are happening are probably slim to none. So can you think of any conspiracy theories that actually came true or that turned out to be real that weren't just conspiracies? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, you're putting me on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. Well, I I was listening a few years back. I was listening to uh, Michael Medved, who's a talk show host, and he's a moderate Republican talk show host. And he every once a month, he has what he calls conspiracy day. And he says, I want you to call up and and give me your favorite conspiracy and tell me why it's true. And you get people talking about how the moon landing was faked and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you think the moon landing was faked? No, I don't think the moon landing was fake. You haven't seen the latest season of Arrested Development. No, I had no desire to. Well, Ron Howard... The last one on Netflix did not really do it for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Arrested Development. I wanted to love you, but... They've re-edited season four, actually, so it's a lot more watchable than it was. The first three seasons are just so great. Well, I think it's in the fourth season where Ron Howard shows the, the Lem, the moon landing Lem... That's in his office that he and his brother Clint watched when they faked the first moon landing. What is a LEM? I I thought you were going to ask me that. It's L-E-M, landing something module. I don't know what the E stands for. I'll have to go look it up. But anyway, well, back... If it it was faked, that would be a real shame, because that's like the best thing America's ever done. Right. Well, the thing about that's bizarre to me for people who believe in those kinds of conspiracy theories is that they are both overestimating the government's mendacity and underestimate, no, overestimating the government's competence and overestimating, they're both overestimating the government's mendacity. The government is so bad that it's willing to do these things and the government is so competent that it's capable of doing these things. You would think that if there really were a conspiracy to land, to fake a landing on the moon, the idea that everybody involved in that conspiracy stayed silent for 40, 50 years, it's ridiculous. It's just not possible. And so, have you ever seen the movie Capricorn One? 
No. Involves the fake landing on Mars. It stars O.J. Simpson as one of the astronauts. Oh, boy. In one of his pre-murder roles. I, don't I, would, know. I would hope he doesn't have any post-murder roles. Uh, well, he, he has done some things where he's hypothetically confessed to the murders. That's a, I thought he just wrote a book about that. He did, but there was actually a TV interview where he did oh, that. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I'm circling all the way around because I actually believe in a conspiracy theory. Ooh, but it's not, it's not a political conspiracy theory. I was listening to, to Michael Medved. And as I was listening to all the conspiracies that people were calling in on about conspiracy day, I thought, I wish I believed in a conspiracy. And then I went, wait a minute. I do. I believe in a conspiracy. I believe that William Shakespeare is the pseudonym of Edward de Vere, the 17th Earl of oh, Oxford. Boy, I knew this would come up. No, you're not, you're not thrilled with this? You talk about it so much. It's well, there's not... no possible way the man from Stratford is, could have written those this, plays. What does this have to do with, with dinner table politics? Well, the politics of Elizabethan England were such that it was not appropriate for a nobleman to write plays for the common theater. Okay. And so it was essential that a nobleman use a pen name. And so he used a pen name that was based on his family crest, which shows Athena shaking a spear. Okay, his, what? It, it, there's no possible way that the man from Stratford could have had the education. Oh, Boz, you don't want to talk about this? This is nothing. This is like... Well, this is important. No. no. Well, th- this is the only conspiracy I believe in. And, and they got me on Michael Medved, and he, he said, oh, Supreme Court, this was taken before the Supreme Court. And there were three Supreme Court justices that voted in favor of Edward de Vere's authorship of the Shakespeare plays. What? The American Supreme Court? The American Supreme Court. Why? Well, because it's a fascinating issue to people who are interested, which apparently doesn't include you. What does this have to... What? Well, Well, the point is that conspiracy theories... It's, it would be easier in Elizabethan England to be able to maintain a conspiracy than it would in 21st century America. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's impossible. I agree. The whole JFK assassination and all of that, uh, the idea that all of this could have been covered up completely to the point where there'd be no record of it and nobody would have confessed to it. When your grandfather was accused of being deep throat. Yeah. He used to say, look, I would love to go and... Which, for people, for people who don't know, that has to do with Watergate... Yes, indeed. Being the leak person, right? R- right. When I was, I, when I was a, um, I think I was in third grade. There was a copy of the Star, the tabloid, the Star, and had my father's face, your grandfather's face, on the cover, and it said, "This man is deep throat." And I brought it into my third grade class for show and tell, and I can still remember the look on Mrs. Hayden and Mrs. Smith's faces as they looked at that and went, "Hmm, well, that's." Uh, an interesting show you guys and tell have item. Kept a copy of that, dang it! That we been- should have. Well, Dad did write down his whole Watergate experience, and Watergate actually is a good example of a conspiracy that turned out to be true. Yeah, because your grand. I think that's a good. That's a good example, also, though, of like um, conspiracies tend to come out. They're right. They're not easily covered up like a lot of people think they are. Like I think a big one also that I hear a lot is that 9/11 was an inside job. Right. Like it's kind of a meme now actually. Like people have said it so much that like jet fuel can't melt steel beams, you know. It's just a meme I see on social media all the time. Right. But that that's another one where you think about it and you're like the amount of like I don't know, secrecy and how deep that would have gone is kind of I don't know. It's 
it would be mind-boggling Correct. if it had actually happened. No, that's absolutely true. And it's also interesting to me that all the people who blame George W. Bush for the Iraq war and the fact that there were no weapons of mass destruction and claim it was all a hoax, that my thought on that is if he is... He, if he was dishonest enough and mendacious enough to lie us into war, he was also dishonest enough and mendacious enough to plant weapons of mass destruction in Iraq when we got there. That was like one of the things on his to-do list that he completely forgot. Yeah, he oops. Oh, dang it. Dang it. I forgot That's to do this. bad later. Right. I mean, so that, that shows that the government just isn't, I think, competent enough to be able to execute a massive conspiracy that wouldn't get exposed very quickly. Watergate, for all of its messiness, was exposed rather quickly. Uh, you know, the Watergate break-in was in 72, and the and Nixon resigned in August of 74. That's two years. It all happened very quickly in, in terms of what's going on now. And so we now look at all of the things that are happening with President Trump and the conspiracies that are being talked about. There's even a conspiracy theory focused around the resignation of Anthony Kennedy. Have you heard that? I haven't heard that one. What is it? Well, I don't really understand it, but uh, apparently... Uh, Anthony Kennedy's son used to work for Deutsche Bank, and Donald Trump used to bank with Deutsche Bank, and so there's Deutsche Bank, Deutsche Bank and so there's it's a fun thing to say. So there's apparently some kind of he's doing this in order to avoid all of this coming out or whatever else it is. I mean, there's not a lot of meat to it, and people are just sort of trying to find a conspiracy to be able to justify Anthony Kennedy's resignation. Or, you know, he's not resigning so much as he's just retiring, retiring. He's stepping down. What are your thoughts on the Kennedy stepping down thing going on? Um, I don't know. It's a, well, I actually wanted to ask you about this. So is it true that like the last time, um, well, well, everyone's talking about like, oh, we should wait until the elections. Like we should postpone the Biden rule. Yeah. 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 What is that? Can you tell me about that? I don't really understand it. Well, Joe Biden, when he was a senator, proposed that we should not ever, ever confirm a Supreme Court justice in a presidential election year. Assuming, saying that essentially that the voters should be able the to presidential wait. presidential election? Yeah. It, it, the it, term, well, the midterms, not the these are the midterms, not the presidentials. So the Democrats in Congress are now saying the Biden rule applies to the midterms. And if that were true, essentially it would be impossible to ever confirm a Supreme Court justice except in odd-numbered years, which gets really ridiculous. Now, I, I'm of the opinion that the Republicans invoking the Biden rule, quote-unquote, was really cynical on their part. And Merrick Garland, who was President Obama's nominee to fill the seat that is now filled by Neil Gorsuch, ought to have gotten a confirmation hearing. I think it was it was just raw power politics where the Republicans said, no, we're going to wait and to see if we get a Republican president. And it, it paid off. They did get a Republican president, and they got their guy on the Supreme Court. And Democrats are, I think, rightfully still outraged by that. But the idea that the Biden rule somehow applies to any kind of an election is really kind of silly, I think. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about... I think you should only be allowed to approve Supreme Court justices like during the equinoxes or the solstices. And you have to have like... That'll create a lot of conspiracy memes. You have to like <laughs> go dance in the middle of like Area 51 or something. and That'd be good. Yeah. Do you really want to see Orrin Hatch dancing in the middle of Area 51? I think he could wear a cool costume, like a like an alien costume, and it could work out, I believe. <laughs> 
government just needs to be more exciting. If they want more like voter participation, they got to make it more theatrical, I feel. Well, I... Like when you press a button like to vote for someone, it should make a noise, I think. Well, can you give me an example of what the noise should sound like? Like a good job or something. Or like like um, clapping. Just like, like when you click it, you know? Well, that'd be good. I have a lot of ideas. Yes, this is good. Well, there's the Simpson episode where the... Gar- where the the voting machine sucks oh, you in and kills Homer. that kills Homer on a Halloween episode. I don't episode. feel that that way. That's I not a good think, plan. No. All right. Well, you know, as we government used to be a lot more colorful during the actual civil war, not the pretend civil war that's supposed to start tomorrow. Uh, senators used to beat each other up. Oh uh, yeah, I, I remember that story with the like he he almost died. The guy that got beaten up. What was his name? I don't remember, but there was a Southern senator and a Northern senator, and I'm pretty sure it was the Northern senator that uh, was speaking, and the Southern senator pounded him with a cane. And the Southern senator was never prosecuted because nothing you do on a Senate floor is illegal. So I always it was the Brooks Sumner affair. The Brooks Sumner affair. Yeah. All right, that's the power of Wikipedia. Preston Brooks and Charles Sumner. So who was from the South and who was from the North? Um, Preston Brooks was the Democrat who attacked Charles Sumner, who was a Republican, who was the abolitionist. Right. The Republicans were the abolitionists, and the Democrats yeah. were, were the ones And who the beating were, nearly killed Sumner. Well, and he wasn't prosecuted for That's it. That's crazy. And I used to say to Dad, you know, you ought to smuggle in some weapons, and you could do all kinds of nasty you stuff. Should, you shouldn't joke about that. No, well, <laughs> he's, he's gone, and he's not a senator either, so it's not going to happen. But uh, so there are some people who say that Dad's replacement, Mike Lee, may end up being the next Supreme Court justice. I already got taken off the list. Uh, well, if he hasn't been taken off the list, he ought to be. Not because he'd be. A, I mean, everybody when they talk to me about it, they assume that I still have a Mike Lee voodoo doll, and that I just I, I bear no personal animus to. We, we burned that voodoo doll ages ago. Come ages, on. ages, just and kidding. ages ago. Jokes. Uh, I think Mike Lee is a decent human being, and I think he'd probably be a better Supreme Court justice than a senator. But the fact is he's not he's never been a judge, which is when when George W. Bush nominated Harriet Myers, he ended up pulling her nomination for a number of reasons. But one was she'd never been a judge. And Mike Lee also has a 100 percent political track record. The one thing you don't want in a confirmation hearing is meaty sound bites that opposition groups can use for TV ads to beat up on you. And Mike Lee's got zillions of those. He said all kinds of kooky stuff. So just politically, it probably wouldn't make a lot of sense. But this Supreme Court justice is going to be confirmed as long as Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, the two moderate Republican senators, uh, vote for for whoever it is because... um, the filibuster doesn't exist anymore. It's not possible for the Democrats to block it. Wait, why? Because the Demo- the they did a rule change when Gorsuch was nominated that eliminated the filibuster. The Democrats had already eliminated a filibuster for um, earlier for lower court nominees, but they'd kept the filibuster for um, Supreme Court nominees, and the Republicans got rid of it for Supreme Court nominees. Huh. It's it's a it's a long, big, ugly, messy story. And it, Whenever I hear t- filibuster, I just think of the Parks and Rec episode where they're trying to change a law where um, 
on their on like their old law books they tried to write throw tea into the river every year to celebrate the boston tea party or something but it looks like it says throw ted into the river <laughs> and so they always throw a guy named ted into the river and they try to change the law but someone doesn't want them to change it so it's Patton oswald actually this comedian that plays it and he does a filibuster all by just telling the whole plot of his ideal Star Wars movie. I've seen that. that. It's so funny. Like, like the actual show, it only shows a couple clips, but then like there's a full video on YouTube. That's like ten minutes long of him just saying <laughs> well, what it, he wants the Star Wars movie to be, and then it like intersects with the Avengers. Right, Thanos comes out. Oh, it's so good, and uh, and joins the Star Wars universe. I think that's probably the best way to fix the Star Wars universe as it now stands. But uh, that's not necessarily the most patriotic of thoughts. But that's just what I think of when I hear filibuster, mostly. Well, well, this is good. Well, as we prepare for the 4th of July and whether or not we may or may not be going to a bees game tomorrow, do you have any wise words of patriotic wisdom for everybody out there? Um, everybody should vote, even if it doesn't make a fun noise. Just make a fun noise in your head or like bring your phone to do sound effects. You know, Just vote. That's a great, that's, Regardless. that is great advice. I'm Jim Bennett. And I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. We'll see you next week. See ya.